Thank you, Lena. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. I hope you're all well. Um, on to um, second, uh, the welcome that Lynette has given to all of those who are joining us um, online visiting. Welcome to all of you. Um, Elsha, um, if I pronounce your name correctly, welcome. It's good to have you with us. Sandy, my dear sis, good to have you with us again. Um, and all other members, welcome all of you. It's great to have you join us again on another Sunday. We give thanks. Um, and Lynette mentioned you know, some who have um, mobile numbers on them, they're in the name. But um, you're very welcome. Thank you again for joining us. Um, so this morning, I'm going to continue sharing a word that I shared two weeks ago, which is entitled uh, Living with Spiritual Insight or Godly Insight. Um, I'm hoping to conclude that word today. So I want to pray, and then I want to go into that word. So just join me, join me as I pray. Father, I thank you. Once again, for another day in your presence, I want to commit this time into your hands and pray the Holy Spirit will lead and guide and direct and just take control of all that we discuss. Father, we look to you and we pray, oh God, that you will speak into our hearts, that you will cause our eyes to be open to see the things you want us to see and cause our ears to be open to hear the things you want us to hear. Holy Spirit, have your way. Be with us and guide us in our respective homes or wherever we are, Lord God. Help us to draw closer to you today. We give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so um, as I said, um, I want to con continue uh, speaking on this word, living with uh, spiritual insight and godly insight. So two weeks ago, for those who were not around, I'll just do a very brief um, recap and then I want to continue from where I left off. So we looked at insight and what it means. Um, insight naturally and insight is in godly and spiritual insight. So I define insight as being the capacity to gain an accurate and deep understanding of someone or something. But I said that spiritual insight or godly insight works very differently to natural insight. And I was saying that God has given you and I, every single one of us, the ability to see beyond the surface through insight from the Holy Spirit. And there's a scripture, one of the main scriptures I looked at was in Colossians 2, verse 2 to 3, which reads that their, that their hearts may be encouraged having been knit together in love and attaining to all the wealth that comes from the full assurance of understanding, resulting in a true knowledge of God's mystery, that is Christ himself, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I'm saying with that scripture that within Christ, the scriptures say that there are mysteries, not within Christ, within God, within the, the fullness of God, but through a relationship with Christ, we are able to understand those mysteries and we are able to understand um, things that, that are to an extent hidden about God. And having a relationship with Jesus will help you to understand these things, not just about God himself and about Jesus, but also about your life. Because there are many things about your life that are seemingly hidden. There are things that are happening that have taken place that to an extent, you may not understand why it's happened. <clears throat> and that's where insight comes in, because God has put you in a position through the Holy Spirit to open up your eyes, to see the things in your life the way that God wants you to see them, so that you're not living blind, but you're living in a way that you can receive revelation from the Holy Spirit as to how God wants you to live your life and the things God wants you to do in your life. We looked at also, there was an image. Remember, I, I put this image up and I asked you guys to kind of... Um, work out what was in the image. I understand it was a bit controversial because uh, the picture looked a bit funny. But um, 
but yeah, the whole point of that, um, uh, what do you want to call it, activity, was when I then mentioned that there was something else in that picture, I gave you a form of revelation. Because initially some of you weren't, saw animals, but you didn't see the particular animal that was kind of hidden. When I gave you an idea as to where it may be, and then some of you worked it out. I gave you an example of how revelation works because God has given us revelation. He reveals things to us in a way that helps us to understand and see things in, in, in our lives. And God wants us to live in revelation. And revelation is a form of insight that God has given to us. And again, all these things work through the Holy Spirit. Okay. So that was the essence of the things that I shared or other things, but I don't want to go into too much detail. Um, you can look at the... Um, the Zoom uh, recording from last week. But I want to continue now um, from where I left off. Um, I want to read this scripture in Isaiah chapter 55, verse 6 to 11. Some of you may know this scripture, some of you may not know this scripture, but it's a very important scripture in regards to what I'm sharing. Uh, let me read, I'm, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Isaiah 55, verse 6 to 11, it says this. It says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near let the wicked forsake his way and let the unrighteous man his thoughts let him return to the lord and he will have mercy on him and to our god for he will abundantly pardon and this is the important part for my thoughts this is god speaking my thoughts are not your thoughts nor are my ways your ways says the lord for as the heavens are higher than the earth so are my ways higher than yours and my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and do not return, but water the earth and make it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I have sent it. Amen. What is God saying here? God is simply saying this. God's ways are higher than your ways. God's thinking is higher than your thinking. God's thoughts are higher than your thoughts. The Bible said that we're made in his image, but we're not God. We're his children, you know, but we are not God. We are made in his image. So when God has a way of doing things, he does it his way and it's unique. When God has an idea about doing something and thinks about it, he does it his way. It's unique. It is not our way. Okay. Only God. Listen to me when I say this. Only God through his son Jesus. Okay. Can delay attending to uh, Lazarus. In the book, you read the scripture in uh, John chapter 11. Only God through his son Jesus can delay attending to sick Lazarus where his family members were telling Jesus, come, please, come and attend to, to, to Lazarus. Jesus told them, I, I will come when I'm ready to come. He was attending to somebody else. But only God can delay attending to somebody who was sick. And then that person dies, which is what happened with Lazarus. And then after four days of this person, Lazarus being dead, then return and go to where Lazarus was, pray for him, and Lazarus return back to life. Only God can do that. Because his ways are higher than our ways. Lazarus were dead for four days. The people that went to Jesus before he died were begging Jesus, please come. He's sick. He may not make it. Can you come and can you heal uh, Lazarus? Jesus said, 
I'm, I'm, when I'm ready, I will come. Can you imagine that response? Whilst he was delaying, he died. But then the scripture says, four days later, Jesus then returned, went to Lazarus, prayed over him, and he returned back to life. Only God can do such a thing. Look at your life and look at your situation. Things may seem dead. Only God can come and bring restoration and bring life because his ways are higher than, than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Only God can tell Gideon. Gideon in the Bible, in the, um, in the book of uh, Judges, one of the mighty warriors in the Old Testament. Only God can tell him and his army to reduce from having an army of 32,000, I believe, strong to 300. And for the number of 300 uh, 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 army that God told him to have to go and fight against thousands. Only God can tell him to do that. And when he obeyed, every battle that Gideon fought, he won. 300 strong army that was in his army against thousands in opposition. But Gideon won. Only God can do that. Sometimes we want things in numbers. We want things to be vast. Gideon looked, looked at it naturally and, and thought to himself, how on earth can I have an army of 300 people? I use only 300 people to be attacking or to fight against an army of, 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 of hundreds of thousands. But he won with only 300 in his army. Because God's ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. This is God we're talking about. There's so many examples. Only God can tell a uh, 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 people to knock down a war, fortified war in the Bible, the, the wall of Jericho. The strategy, strategy that God gave uh, the people in order to break down this wall, because it was symbolic, the wall, they wanted to break down this wall for different reasons, I won't go into it now. But rather than, as you would imagine, you, if you want to knock down a wall, what do you do? You get pickaxes, you get uh, different materials, and you would dig at the wall, you would knock it eventually to the wall, falls down but this one was thick but only god would give them a strategy of marching around the wall six times every day and then on the seventh day blow a trumpet does that strategy make any sense but they obeyed that strategy and when they did exactly what god said that they should do what happened when they went around seven six days and they blew the trumpet the wall fell because god's ways are higher than your ways and it's also higher than your thoughts I could go on forever with this thing, but this is God we are talking about. And I want us to have this in our minds, that when we are in a situation where we are doubting, God, what are you doing in my life? What is happening in this situation? Recognize that because his ways are higher than your ways, God will always perform if you leave the situation in his hands. If you surrender whatever position that you're in and you give it to him, you'll see how God responds. Our God is an amazing God, let me tell you. You know, I've used examples in the Bible, but we can even bring it home uh, on, 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 on a, a relatable level. Only God can get the doctors to confirm that our dear sister Yatoro, that her sisters that were diagnosed with cancer, on the same day, God gave them clearance that they were cancer-free. That's on the same day. This is the God that we serve because his ways are higher than our ways, than your ways. And his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So let's trust him. It is difficult at times to trust. But I, only can, I can only encourage you to trust God.
to surrender your ways and your thoughts to him and allow the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you. So right now, you want to say, I want to do something for the next 20 seconds, just where you are. Just begin to thank God. Just thank him in your own way. Just begin to thank him. You may be thinking, I don't really have a reason to thank him. You're alive. <laughs> That's the first reason. But begin to just thank him right now, just for 20 seconds right now. Just begin to thank the Lord and just appreciate him for who he is right now. So right now, where you are, just begin to thank him. Father, we bless your name. Father, we worship you. We thank you for you are good. You are faithful. You are kind. You are gracious. Father, you always make a way because your ways are higher than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We thank you and we bless your name. Amen. Psalm 92 says this, says, it is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praise unto his name. So we're doing a good thing by giving thanks because the word of God speaks about giving thanks to the Lord. Amen. See, there's another twist on this whole thing about spiritual insight and godly insight and revelation within the scriptures. And it's in Psalms 25 verse 14. It says this, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him and he will show them his covenants or his promises. The secret is of the Lord is with those who fear him. Amen. See, this scripture reveals another truth within his word. That the fear of the Lord leads to an understanding of the ways of God. When you have the fear of the Lord within you, you understand the ways of God. And when I talk about fearing the Lord, I'm talking about showing him respect. You're honoring God with your life. Um, and it, to an extent, it evolves a, a, form, a form of trembling before him because you're in awe of who he is. But there's a scripture, and I can't locate the scripture. I've forgotten where it is. But it explains that God doesn't want us to just know his works, as in what he, what he has done. You know, I, I read those very scriptures I read about um, how God raised um, through Jesus, Lazarus was raised from the dead, how God gave a, a strategy to uh, Jericho, uh, the wall of Jericho to be um, uh, knocked down. These are the works of God. But God doesn't just want us to know his works. He wants us to know his ways. And through fearing God, that is how you know the ways of God. See, the ways of God is, it's, it represents God's heart. It represents his character, his foundations, the reason why he does things. Bible says that God is love. So the foundation of God when he does things is born from love and it's understanding uh, how God operates. So those are his ways. An act of love, judgment, he shows grace, mercy, etc. The ways of God represent these things. But the works of God represent his actions that I just said. So from an outsider's position, if you just see the works of God by themselves, you won't really understand God's heart. So for example, you can imagine when Jesus um, died on the cross and people were, were aware obviously that there was a prophecy from years that a savior will come um, be the son of god and will go and, and, and die on the cross now from an outsider's position hearing that a father god the father sending his son to die for people that didn't even care about him and his existence looking at that position from a position of looking at God's works 
you would think that uh, God is just being a bad father. He's sending his son to go and die. Or you understand his ways. You understand that the Bible says that for God so loved the world that he sent his only son. So knowing the ways of God, you understand God's intention, God's heart. And through fearing God, that is how you understand the ways of God. And this brings us to a position of having more revelation about God and about your own life. So the fearing God is giving God the absolute honor and the respect he deserves through how you live your life. You know, sometimes when you fear God, it stops you from doing things because you don't want to dishonor him. At times you, you may want to go somewhere, but because of the fear of God within you, because there's a, there's a respect that you have for him, you think, you know, if I go there, I'm, I'm likely to expose myself or be vulnerable to something. So I will stay away from that. That is an example of the fear of God operating naturally in your life. So what am I saying? I'm saying that we have access through the Holy Spirit to be able to see beyond the natural. And this access is only a prayer way. Fear of the Lord is something that we can ask, Lord, increase me in the fear of you, in that reverence uh, of you, understanding uh, you, giving you the honor that you deserve in, in my life. As I said before, all these things uh, um, add to us growing in revelation and in insight, godly insight. By virtue of us receiving all these things, it helps us to be able to see beyond the natural. Because the reality is this, that we need to be able to see beyond the temporal. You and I need to be able to see through our circumstances. We need to be able to see through what people say, because there's always things underneath that God wants to show to us. We need to be able to see all things through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. You know, seeing through the eyes of the Holy Spirit is, a, is an, ability, an ability that will help you understand people, not just God, but people. It will help you understand your circumstances when you see things through the eyes of the spirit. It will help you to understand the spiritual world which we live in right now. You know, many years ago, I, I was working for the, um, the government and towards the end of my time working there, God opened my eyes as to how I was when I was working there. And I look back and I, and I, and I see that um, I was, if I'm honest, I was a bit of a useless employee. At the time, I thought I was working fine and doing and doing what I needed to do, but I, I my mindset was wrong. I literally, I did the bare minimum. I wasn't really doing much at all. I wasn't really contributing, but I was just there. I was, a, let's say, a, a nice person and, and you know being jovial and nice. But in terms of contributing towards the team, I was not doing anything. But as I said to you, at the time when I was there, I thought I was okay. But God had to open my eyes to see. And when he opened my eyes to see how I was, first of, all, first of all, I had to thank him for helping me to see how I was. I had to repent and say, Lord, help me. Because, you know, I, obviously the way that I've been performing had not been good at all. And from that point onwards, my whole demeanor, my whole attitude, everything towards how I worked there changed. But it came through God opening my eyes to see how I was. You know, sometimes we need to do the same thing. 
for God to open your eyes to see how you are, to see the situations and circumstances in your life, to see them through the lenses that God has given to you in order to know how to respond to them. Genesis 50 verse 20 says this, as for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring about his present results to preserve many people alive. The spiritual insight or godly insight, it allows you to understand what is good in your life as far as God is concerned, what God defines as good and also what is not good concerning your life according to God's equation. Something that's good for you may not be good for me. And something that is good for me may not be good for you. The only way that you can know is by allowing the Lord to speak to you. You know, for example, I remember um, Pastor Joe, uh, senior pastor of Christian Life Fellowship, I remember years ago that he was saying that there was a time that he was always playing PlayStation, playing FIFA. And oh, you, uh, you young ones, you're destroying your, your Fortnite and your uh, Grand Theft Auto and all those games there. Anyway, it's not bad. It's no problem playing it. Pastor Joe was always playing FIFA, always playing it for a long time, enjoying himself, etc. But he felt the Lord was saying to him, take time out from FIFA. Take time out from playing on the PS4. And that's not a sin to be playing on it. We know that. But God was speaking to him for a specific reason. So he obeyed and he stopped playing. And interestingly enough, during the time where he stopped playing, God was doing a work within him and was giving him more of a desire to spend time uh, reading and writing. And as a result of that, you know, I mean, he made me mention this before, he, he then be began to develop this grace to begin to write books. And since then, as we know, Pastor Joe has written a number of books, a number of manuals, various things that we are all having access to and we're being blessed with. But that only happened because God opened his eyes to see something that he was doing and told him, you know what, pause, Stop doing that for now. And then when he obeyed, then this thing came about. So sometimes there are things that are good, and God wants us to maybe take a time out for them. But it's, the, it's your ability to hear what God is saying to you. And this isn't uh, difficult. You know, sometimes, and maybe I'll teach on this another time, your ability to hear from God is so important. It's so important. And the closer that you get to God, the easier it is to hear when God is speaking to you. You know, we all need to develop our ability to hear. God speaks to us in all different ways. You know, one of the prayers that I pray is that God speak to me in the way that I understand. You know, the way that maybe that you understand God speaking to you may be different from the way that I understand God speaking to me. That's why we need to hone in on how God speaks to you so that when God speaks to you, there's no doubt God has spoken. I need to respond. And that's the example of Pastor John. God spoke to him in this regard. He responded. And through his response, books have been released that we are all benefiting from. You know, likewise, there may be things that God may be saying on things on paper that are dangerous. But God wants you to get involved in it. You know, for example, there are people that I know that are involved in ministering to uh, gangs. Um, and uh, people that sell drugs, which is obviously a very dangerous scene. But God has put a grace within them and given them a heart to go and minister to such people. Now, you may be like, yeah, you know, that sounds nice, let me go. 
God hasn't spoken to you about it. You better just stay yourself away from that. Otherwise, you'll go there and get yourself into some trouble. But for you, some of you, God has spoken to you about, maybe not, not that particular area, but something done on paper that may seem daunting and dangerous. But God is saying to you, go ahead and do it. I can only encourage you to obey whatever it is that the Lord has put on your heart. So God wants to what God wants us to live daily in supernatural wisdom, in supernatural knowledge, and in supernatural revelation daily. So I encourage you to pray every single day and ask, Lord, give me supernatural revelation in every area of my life. Open my eyes to see. You know, there's a classic example of revelation in the scripture in Matthew chapter 16, verse 15 to 19. Um, scripture that most of you will know and the background behind the scripture was Jesus um, was approaching his time when he was going to be crucified he was letting people know who he was and people were doubting is he really the son of God and then he gathered his disciples together and he began to ask them a question and I'll read in Matthew 16 verse 15 to 19 he said he said to them but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter, one of the disciples, answered and said, You are Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah. That was his original name. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven. And I say unto you that you are now Peter on this rock, and I will build on this rock and I will build my church and the gates of Hades or hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth, we bind in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Now, Simon Peter, or Simon, which was his original name, he answered Jesus' question purely by godly insight he had nothing to do with his own knowledge jesus asked him who do you say that i am and he answered for you are christ the son of the living god john 16 verse 12 to 15 says this it says i have many more things to say to you but you cannot bear them now but when he the spirit of truth is in the holy spirit comes he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own initiative but whatever he hears he will speak and he will disclose to you what is to come he will glorify me he will take of mine and and will disclose it to you let's see going back to the story of uh simon peter the disciples as well as people around peter or Simon, sorry. When I'm saying Simon and Peter, I'm using it interchangeably. Simon was the original name and his name was changed to Peter. Anyway, I'll explain that a bit more in a minute. The people knew that Simon, his original name, he was impulsive. He tended to put his foot in his mouth, had a bit of a, you know, erratic character. Um, he didn't really have a very good reputation, even with his own uh, disciples. Simon was seen to be like a bit of a controversial figure. But see, Jesus saw something in him because he looked at him through the eyes of the spirit 
And that's why he eventually named him or renamed him Peter, which implies that he is a stone suitable for foundation. He was a rock. That's what the rock meant. That's interesting that, as I said, his disciples all knew that uh, uh, Peter was a controversial figure. So the last person they would be expecting uh, Jesus to say that you are the rock or someone to build the church on would be, would be, would be Peter because of, would be Simon, sorry, because of his behavior, because of how he was. But as we know, Simon Peter, his name was changed to Peter. And he became a pillar in God's kingdom, a respected leader and founder of the church. And you can read in the book of uh, uh, Peter the works that he did. His life was changed after that that scenario. All because of God's ability or Christ's ability and willingness to see beyond the natural and to see what was on the inside of Simon. And he became Peter. So being made in God's image and likeness, it gives us an amazing potential. But sometimes it takes someone that has a bit of understanding or, or godly insight in order to recognize and to draw these things out. You know, sometimes too many of us, we look at the surface, we look at people, we make a judgment. We look at someone, someone may say something or behave in a certain way, we make a judgment call and we, we, we write them off. And it's a dangerous thing to do. But see, when we have spiritual insight, a godly insight, we see beyond all of that. We look, we see into the hopes and to the fears behind the person's behavior. And this is something that God has given us the ability to do. God doesn't want us to be just like anybody else within the world. As I said, that they do something and then we, we see what they've done and we write them off. But God has given you the ability to see beyond people's character. Somebody that may be rude and, 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 and um, condescending. It's because of the fears and challenges that they've been facing in their life. Somebody who... who just doesn't like to communicate for whatever reason. They come across as though they're just very kind of separated. It's because there may be insecurities there that they need to address. And God has revealed those things to you in order for you to minister to them. So what we don't need in this world really is any more critics. God has not called us as children of God to criticize how people are in whatever situation. But instead, for example, as parents, those of us who are parents, we need parents who will pray for and with their children, looking beyond their flaws and drawing out their uniqueness. Every child, every person has a uniqueness. And as parents, God is looking to you as a parent to draw that uniqueness out from your child, not comparing them to somebody else because of that person may seem to behave a certain way and on paper, it looks good. But no, as a parent, God wants you to draw that child's uniqueness out and pray with them and look beyond their so-called flaws. You know, those of us who are married, God wants us to search for the hidden treasures in our mates. Not looking at, uh, again, their negativity or, you know, things that maybe annoy us, but there are treasures that God wants us to look at. And it's, again, it's looking beyond the natural. Again, those of us who are in business or um, we, 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 we have employees and we have a, have a business, God wants us to treat our employees with respect, to honor them, to, to assist them, to match their responsibilities to their talents. Again, these are things that God will give us insight into as we respond. You know, And for all of us as believers, God wants us to demonstrate being Christ-like. So when we have maybe younger Christians around us, 
who may be immature in how they behave, how they speak, they may say or, or respond or do things in a way that we may um, be offended by. God wants us to develop insights so that we can minister to these ones, we can help them. We look beyond their so-called maybe immaturity, we look beyond their, their uh, maybe their, their challenges and draw out the things that are in them that are causing them to, to battle in the way that they're battling and to assist and to help them. All of us are called to be soul winners as, as children of God. And God again wants us to see lost people through the eyes of the Holy Spirit and recognize his transforming, what his transforming power can do. God has called us to do so many things. And at times, because our eyes are closed, and we're not able to see through the eyes of the Spirit. We don't recognize that the things that God has called us to do, that we can actually do them. My prayer is that as God opens your eyes and as you're hearing me this, this morning, that you begin to look at your life and see things from God's perspective. Begin to have godly insights, looking beyond the surface. Not looking at the challenges that you face per se, but looking beyond, looking with the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. You know, when things happen in our lives that we don't understand at times, this scripture helps to bring context. But it also helps to remind us that if we receive godly insight, that we can see things that God meant for good. Sometimes things in our lives happen and we see them negatively, but God actually meant them to happen on purpose for good. And it's for us to see those things for good. If a door closes in your life, sometimes automatically a door, a door may close. You may, may, may have lost a, a job. You may have lost an opportunity. Financially, there was something that happened. Maybe that, that stopped whereby your, your finances have been impacted. There may be a situation with your health where the doctors have given you negative news. But this scripture helps to encourage us. And it said that we know that all things work together for good to them that love God and accord according to his purpose. My brother, my sister, all things work together for good. And I pray that as God gives you insight into your life, for you to see the things and to hear the things that he wants you to see and hear, that you will begin to walk in boldness and confidence because you are trusting God knowing that beyond the natural, there are things that God has in store for you that he wants you to achieve and do. And as you open your eyes to them, he will give you all the tools necessary in order for you to accomplish those things. Now, one thing to remember about spiritual insight and godly insight is this, that you will never, ever know everything about your life. Only God knows. And the Bible makes it very clear that we only know in part. So the part that God has given to you the revelation in part that God has allowed you to see in your life. Receive it and trust him with it. Receive it and trust him with it. You know, Jesus himself confirmed that flesh and blood did not reveal to uh, Simon Peter the answer that he gave, but it was only through the Holy Spirit. So as we trust and as you trust the Holy Spirit that is revealed a part to you, you just thank him for the part that he's given to you and you believe in God for everything else. 
2 Corinthians 4.18 says this, while we do not look at things which are seen, but at things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. This is saying that it, it is the spiritual realm which is referred to as the unseen. However, it is visible to you and through the Holy Spirit in a form of revelation or spiritual insight. So the realm of the spirit, we can't see it. That's good you're saying that the things that are eternal are unseen. But as God opens your eyes and gives you spiritual insights, actually he will help you to see the things within the realm of the spirit. It's interesting. Ephesians 6, 12 says this, so that we, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. This scripture reminds us that our battle isn't a physical battle, it's a spiritual one. You know, sometimes you may be, you may have opposition, whereby maybe a particular person may seem to be stopping you from making progress. It's the spirit behind the person. It's not the person themselves, but it's a spiritual battle. And this is where we, as children of God, need to recognize the authority that we have in Christ through prayer. That's why it's so important to spend time praying into an area. If the Holy Spirit has laid on your heart something that you feel that you need to address, you need to get, spend time and pray. Because the Bible said we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Our battle isn't against people. It's against principalities, which are demonic realms. This is realms of the spirit, against powers, against rulers of darkness, against spiritual hosts and wickedness. Those are the ones that we are battling against. And the only way that we can fight against them is in prayer. And I encourage you that as God gives you insight and increases you in godly uh, uh, knowledge about all these things the revelation, that you will use your time effectively to pray and to engage in warfare against the plans of the enemy over your life. And as you speak and as you declare God's word and as you pray, God will give you victory. Amen. Okay, my time is nearly up, but I want to say a few things quickly. And I want to spend some time in prayer. See, God wants us, one of the things that God wants us to ensure is that we don't walk around unaware or blind concerning the realm of the Spirit. You know, there's a scripture in Romans 1, uh, verse 21 to 25, and it speaks about um, the people in the world at that time, because they were so engaged in the world, they were so involved in the world, but they disconnected from the things of God. Through that, spiritually, there was a, a separation. And that separation meant that all the evil things were in the world began to just uh, influence them and literally just control their mind, control their attitude, control their behavior. And the Bible says that because their eyes were closed to the things of God, that God lifted his hands and just left them and gave them over to the things that they were exposed to. Now I'm saying that to say that, God forbid, God doesn't want us to get into that position. 
where we're so consumed by the things of this world that our eyes and our hearts are dark, they're separated. And there's a spiritual dimness within us. Again, God wants us to live in revelation so that everything that we do, that we're doing it through the eyes of the Holy Spirit. Again, before I close, just a couple more things that I want to spend some time in prayer. One thing I want to mention very quickly is that connecting with spiritual insight is to recognize that our feelings, as in our natural feelings, also linked to spiritual insight. And growing in spiritual insight requires that you ensure that your feelings do not control you. We are all born with feelings and emotions, and God gave you feelings and we shouldn't be ashamed of it. However, our feelings are subjective, you know, and we can't always trust how we feel. And I'm saying this to say that we need to ensure that our feelings are subjective to the leading of the Holy Spirit, that we don't feel our way into doing something unless the Lord by free spirit directs us and guides us to do something. So instead of reacting to how you feel per se, we need to learn to act on what God's word, what God's word says, or what the Holy Spirit is saying to you through the word of God. Because as God wants us to increase in spiritual uh, um, um, insight and godly insight, what he doesn't want us to do is allow our feeling to, to do things or to take us to do things that the Holy Spirit hasn't told us to do. So I'm saying this to just remind us that to make sure that our feelings, our emotions, that they work in unity and in oneness with the leading of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I want to pray. When I, when I gave this word two weeks ago, one of the things I said is that the starting point in order for us to receive godly insight, godly revelation, is having a relationship with Jesus. Now, I don't want to assume that those of you online, that all of you are, are, are saved and that you are born again. Um, and I want to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. You know, the Bible says that uh, it's appointed for man once to die and then the judgment. The only thing guaranteed in this life that is one day that we are going to die. The Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And the only way that you can see God the Father is through Jesus. So if you want to ensure that when you die, that you are standing rightly before the father in relationship with him you need to surrender your life to jesus now i want to give you an opportunity if you're online and you want to receive jesus as your lord and savior you know you want to receive this insight that i've been talking about but the the, the foundation or the beginning point of receiving insight is having a relationship with jesus i want to give you an opportunity right now to uh, receive him i'll pray with you and i'll say a prayer you can repeat it after me um, so if that's the case you can indicate online if you don't want to indicate that's fine but what I'll do I'm just going to pray this prayer and if, if you are in that category you want to surrender your heart to Jesus and give your life to him just repeat this prayer after me everybody online if you don't mind let's just pray this prayer so Heavenly Father I open my heart to you I'm sorry for every wrong thing that I have thought said and done Please forgive me. 
I choose to turn from these things and ask you to please help me. I believe that Jesus died for every wrong thing that I have done and that he took the punishment I deserved so that I could be free to know you. From now onwards, I give my life to you. Father God, I ask you to come and live inside of me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I confess Jesus as my Lord from today. Take control of my life and be with me forever. Amen. Amen. Now, if you pray this prayer from your heart, then congratulations, you are now a born again member of God's family. And we welcome you, bless you. Now see, this is just a, this is just the start of the journey. Um, so I really encourage you to please get in touch with us. There's a, 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 um, an email address that we have, which is info at clf.com, um, clfmedway.com, that will be shown afterwards. Or contact the person who invited you, um, so that at the church we can support you uh, on this lifelong journey, you know, so we give you give God thanks um, if you pray this prayer that you've entered the God's family, but at the church we want to support you. So please get in touch with us, contact the person who invited you, um, and at the church we will support you uh, on this journey. So we thank God. Also, before we close, I want to also pray just a general prayer that God will open every one of our eyes concerning our own situation. So whatever situation you are in, where you know that you need and you want to receive revelation, you want to receive insight, you want to see things beyond the natural. Right now, I just want to pray for you and for everybody in that situation. Just agree with me as I pray. Father, Lord, I bring every one of us before you. Father, you have asked us, oh God, to uh, walk and to live in insight that the eyes of our understanding may be enlightened and may be opened. And as I bring your people, your church before you, I ask and pray that you will open up every one of our eyes. Father, cause us to see beyond the things of God that are, are happening. Cause us, oh God, to see through your eyes. Give us revelation. We pray that as you reveal things to us concerning our lives, that, Lord, that we would obey the things of God that you are showing us, whatever instructions that you are giving to us, that we will respond and obey those instructions. But also help us, oh God, to trust you with the things that we do not know. Father, your words of the God that we know in part, and I pray that with the, the part and the little that you have allowed us to see, that we will daily and continually trust you, oh God, surrendering all to you, at the author and the finisher of our faith. So Father, touch your people this morning. Whatever need that they have, I pray that you will meet that need, that Lord, that you will give them revelation concerning what it is, oh God, in order for them to receive whatever need, oh God, that they have. Show them, open our eyes, open our ears to hear and our eyes to see. We thank you for revelation. We thank you for insight. We thank you for direction. Holy Spirit, take control and touch your people. I give you praise and I give you thanks. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.